You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It's Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. How you doing, Christina Dennis? I'm doing fabulous. Happy Wednesday, Damon Frank. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing well. It is Wednesday. We're careening towards July. We're it's almost yes. going to be July 4th soon. Can't yes. believe it. Can't believe it. I always say that. <laughs> I love it. Well, it does go time does goes faster the older we get. It's it's proven, you know. Uh, that is it, it proven? Is it proven? I'm experiencing it. That's that definitely <laughs> feels like it. Well, one definitely year feels an, like it. One year of an eight-year-old is eighth of their life, right? One eighth of their life. Uh, one year for a fifty-two-year-old <clears throat> is one fifty-second, right? So, absolutely. Oh, there you go. There you go. See, Christina Dennis. That's why we have you here. You can do the math, and you're a great recovery <laughs> coach. Both, you know, the combo there. That's what we're looking for. Look, we got a great show ahead of us here. It's we're going to dive into kind of a controversial topic, yes. something that people discuss a lot, but not really openly, right? So um, true. And it is right. It's going to be good. We're going to be talking about uh, can you stop drinking without AA and rehab? So mm. hold tight. We're going to have an amazing show. It, we are, but before we do that, I want to tell everybody thank you, thank you, thank you for like, share following, and leaving us comments. Uh, we so appreciate that. We are a family over here at Recovered Life, and I urge you to join that family at recoveredlife.us. It's a free membership. Let us get to know you. Go over there and take part of this wonderful, wonderful collaboration. Thank you so much for mentioning that, Christina. You know, one of the things that you get with the free membership is access to our volley group where we have... Yep you know, really extended conversations about this in the community. And I looked this morning and even more people had joined Volley uh, that I knew through our, our, our community. And I was like, yes, right on. So cool. It's so fun. It is so fun. I, I even said, I think on the Volley, I mean, gosh, if, if I had access to this 25 years ago, I just wonder where I'd be, you know, back in the old days, we kind of had to wait for that one hour in which we could discuss, you know, yes. recovery and the things that we needed to. And I love getting to know people. So I do hope you'll join us over there. Yeah, absolutely. We're having a great time. So definitely check out recoveredlife.us, become mm -hmm. a member. It's free and uh, you will be communicating with Christina and I in a matter of moments. Listen, Christina, uh, I wanted to do this topic here and Ooh. look, we know it's a little bit controversial and really it the is. topic is, can you stop drinking without AA and rehab? I want to say right up front, Christina and I are not doctors. No. Alcoholism is serious and everybody needs to make that uh, important decision with a medical doctor if that's needed. So, you know, this is just our opinion, but we yeah. have a lot of opinions on it. We do. And we have the experience of both of us being sober. I think, what is it? 54 years combined sobriety. So we've yes. seen this a lot. And, and honestly, uh, my answer uh, was a little more myopic 
you know, 20 years ago. I really believed that if you could stop drinking without the help of AA and rehab, that you didn't have the same kind of sobriety as I do. And that's kind of embarrassing to say, but, you know, things have changed and there's so many more options. I am, you know, not 100% sure anymore. And I'm totally curious to see what your opinion is about whether you So you, you would can. have said... So you, you would have it. said, Christina, just to be clear, that you had to have AA or rehab to stop drinking. Yes. Now, I want to, I, you know, before I answer, I want to say something that I think that the title is a little bit misleading, maybe even a little clickbaity, because uh -huh. really, really, in essence, we should say, can an alcoholic stop drinking without sure. AA and rehab? Because that is different. Like, so I want to go up front. My personal feeling is... Um, that not everybody that enters the room of a 12 steps or AA or a rehab is an alcoholic. Some people have addiction issues, but sure. aren't necessarily technically an alcoholic, if you know what I mean. Right, right. And I think that's really important to share. And, you know, we've had lots of uh, discussion and brought resources to the people that are, quote, gray area drinkers. Um, and, and part of uh, what I used to think and the metamorphosis that has happened since then is that I realize, you know, that there are people that maybe, you know, became physically addicted to alcohol. Um, but didn't have the same kind of obsession and connection that I had. And I have since then started to believe that uh, there are many options, but I stand by that if you are truly an alcoholic, it's going to be very difficult for you to do it on your own. Yes, yes. Okay, so like the way that I look at this, Christina, is I look at this like a journey, right? Like, so I live in Los Angeles. If mm -hmm. I wanted to get to Cleveland, I could walk to Cleveland. Yes. Right? It, it, I could do that. I mean, physically, it would take me forever, right? right. I would be beat <laughs> up by the time I got there. It'd be extremely uncomfortable. And I would probably turn back right around the time I hit Bakersfield. <laughs> Right yeah. after a day of so it's like yes, could could I do it? Yes, I could. I it, is it probable that I will be able to sustain my journey? Um, I don't know. Like you know, I I I find it for me. I think a twelve step program, and I'm just going to say AA here for this. I typically okay. just say a twelve step program, but but AA specifically, I think saved my ass. Right, like so me for too. me, I don't see how I would have gotten through the phenomenon of craving, how I would have gotten through and gotten some of the life skills that I needed to be able to get there. But there are more options in 2022 than there was in 1993. Absolutely, there are. And, you know, there is, uh, I think it was Steve Jobs who said it, and maybe he was repeating a parable. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you go with a team. And that's just kind of something that is part of life, right? How difficult for me, my brain, when it was addicted to alcohol, right, my brain would have made it very, very difficult for me to sustain the craving and, and have the kind of thinking that I needed 
at that time without the help of others. And so I ask people when they ask this question, because as an interventionist, I get asked this question a lot. As I'm coaching, I get asked this a lot. And thank God we have lots of options. Look, you have the recovered life. I always go back to, but why would you want to? Why wouldn't you want to give yourself the best possible chance? And we know <clears throat> that it takes up to 18 months for you to have 50% of your neuropathways online after you've drank alcoholically. So that brain is probably not going to make the right decisions for you. Yeah, yeah. And I think we get hung up on language. You know, one of the things is that I always say that one of the great things that AE does is it brings you to a place of neutrality. Yes. Uh, it doesn't work on specific individual issues necessarily outside of the physical drink issue, right? Yes. But it does bring you to a place of neutrality where you can decide, make a choice. Yes, I'm going to drink or no, I'm not. Many people get into uh, a 12-step program where they no longer have the choice, right? That's what right. makes them the alcoholic, right? They yes. have all of these different components, which we've, you know, we've done shows on that before. Is like, what are the components of an alcoholic versus uh, somebody who is addicted? You know, somebody who's addicted to maybe a doctor, they come in, they get prescribed something, they end up addicted, they can get off of maybe a painkiller or something, and they can still have a beer on the weekend with their friends, right? Sure. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, but but alcoholics, they can't do that, right? Like, no. we, we can never casually drink again, right? So the thing is, is that if you're an alcoholic, I think it's very, very tough, unless you have some sort of formal intervention and community. But let's talk about what AA is and what a 12-step group is. And I think why you're, maybe you have doubts, Christina, now about this, because before AA, people did get sober, right? They did. Of like course. we have a track record of it. So as much as I'm a fanboy for 12-step programs, I do know that before the 12-step programs, people did get sober, but they, there were more drastic means. They were locked up. They were only in a community. They were taking, right? What, yes. what the, the magic thing about AA is it brought a lot of components in and a lot of people use these components in getting sober now, but don't quote identify with Alcoholics Anonymous, NA, OA, any of these sure. things. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that maybe the outside world doesn't understand is it's that spiritual awakening. It's actually going after the issues that are the root causes of, you know, the compulsion to drink. And, uh, you know, if you're an alcoholic, like I was an alcoholic that had the phenomena of craving from the beginning, then it was a little easier for me to remember, oh, wow, I remember the very next day how much I wanted that, you know, Cadillac margarita. It was just one of my first mm -hmm. drinks. Um, but there are people out there that perhaps they go to the point of no return and they can't make a decision anymore because the brain has been trained to put alcohol above everything else. And I think one of the really good things about where this show goes is it talks about, you know, the actual idea of what we're putting into our body and maybe recognizing, well, is this even really a good thing for anyone? to digest, um, which I think is a global kind of observation that's starting to happen. But 
people who do not understand AA do not realize that it is that spiritual awakening that not only allows us to put down the substance, it allows us to have these big, beautiful lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think what you're talking about with the spiritual awakening, right? Now, here's the thing. People were having spiritual awakenings long before 12-step programs, long before sure there was were. rehabs. And I think I want to dive into the rehab thing here because I think that um, rehabs also get a bad rap, some of they've, some of which they've created. Yes. You know, uh, uh, others, it's just, I think, a misinterpretation. You know, I had a, I've had people on here that run rehabs that have dived into, you know, in the show that I've interviewed that have dived into what exactly rehabs are. And, you know, and the thing that was interesting about it is one of the guys said, you know, I think the misperception, mis, misperception about rehabs is that people get come in and that we fix them immediately and then right. they just pop right back out. You know, and many of the people on the show have said, that's just not the case. That's not what they are. You know, it's a place for a timeout because things have gotten out of control. It's really just putting a pause button, right? So there's no further destruction and yes. we can preserve some sort of health so we can make an assessment to decide, you know, what direction is best to go as opposed to just letting the alcoholic roam in the natural environment which they're killing themselves. Right. Totally. So I think there's also a misconception about what rehabs do. Like I will tell you, I have never seen a rehab that can fix someone of course. Or fix someone from alcoholism where they come in and they're an alcoholic and they leave not an alcoholic. I don't <laughs> see that to be the case. No, 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 no. And I'm so glad that you're saying this because for the families uh, that get hyper-focused on, I've just got to get them to rehab. They are placing this, um, this expectation that the person's going to come out and, you know, all of a sudden not have low self-esteem or have the right thinking or be able to make decisions. And so it's really important. And I've said this many times as an interventionist that people have an understanding of how long it takes to actually get physical sobriety, you know, that yeah. it's that the actual uh, struggles go on long after you are not physically addicted to it and you've gotten through your withdrawal symptoms. Absolutely. You know, and look, I, and here's, I think the big thing with Clubhouse where we host our recovered life discussions and we know there's a lot of people in the recovered life community that are listening to this saying, look, I got sober without a 12 step mm -hmm. program. I got sober without going to a therapist or rehab. I got sober just literally on my own using yes. community. And I think, look, that's nothing new there before no. AA, there were communities of sober people. Right. And, um, it's just, AA is more well known for that, right. Because of the massive impact that it had and True. an organized structure that came from a lot of trial and error. It's kind of right. like my idea about walking to Cleveland. I could walk to Cleveland, but do I really want to? Because there's buses, trains, planes, private jets, Right. Yes. Like all different kinds of transportation that I could take. Why would, and it's trusted. I know that pretty much if I jump on a plane and I leave for Cleveland, I'm going to get there at the time that they told me. And I see this with 12 step programs. I think one of the problems with the alcoholic mind is that they are going to do it. We're going to do it our friggin' way. Right. right. Let's be honest. Absolutely. And we, we say, Hey, you know what? Um, if, if, if this has a 99% rate of working, I'm going to be the one that's going to be different. 
right? It's 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 total insanity. Well, that's the disease, isn't it? That that's the disease that says, no, I have to be unique. You know, there's a phrase that that we gets thrown around a lot in 12 step groups, terminally unique. And that is yep. dangerous. That is very dangerous to, you know, say, I'm going to do it different. Each experience is going to be different anyway. Each one of us is going to have to figure out after we get physical sobriety, what we need to do next in our recovery program. But again, I go back to why wouldn't you give yourself the best chance possible. And now that they're all there are alternatives, you know, Dharma punks, there's all kinds of groups, you know, don't put yourself in a position that because you have made a predetermined judgment about what going to AA and rehab says about you. Don't put yes. yourself in a position not to reach out and be part of the group. Well, here's the thing too, that I hear a lot. And I hear this on clubhouse from people, and this is what I see. And I'm just going to be honest, like as a sober coach, Christina, one of the things, one of the re things that makes us a little different mm -hmm. in our coaching is like, when we discuss, well, you know, we've got this recovery breakthrough that we do together. And one of the things that I love about you is that what I identified right up front is that you're not going to tell somebody some magical story. Nope. about their process of getting sober, that it's going to be easy, that they don't have to do the work, and that if there's glaring issues, you're not going to mention it because it, quote, might trigger them, right? <laughs> no. And it's the same thing with me. Like, we tell the truth, right? And that's one of the reasons why we've been successful at this is because we actually care enough to tell the truth to people. This is, I think, why a lot of people don't want to go to a 12-step program right. because they've gone there. And look, Let's also be honest, AA, specifically NA, uh, a lot of these 12-step groups, it's not the hotbed of mental wealth all the time. You have, no. a lot of, you have a lot of sick people beyond alcoholism in these 12-step programs, and sometimes they have ego trips and personalities and all kinds of stuff, right? Um, and let's, not, uh, let, let's also throw out there, you know, uh, these 12-step groups are predominantly free. Yes. Right. So, right. so, you know, I think you have to kind of gauge your expectations. I think there's gold there, but not everybody has the, um, not everybody is in the position or has the patience level or tolerance to be able to wade through that. Absolutely. It's true. Yes. I see that because yes. most people leave, not because it doesn't work. Most people leave because they don't want to be honest with themselves. And then mm -hmm. another group of people leave because the personalities they've, t they've told themselves that they're tragically unique, unlike yes. anyone else here, that they have yes. nothing in common with anyone that's in that room and they're going to have to leave. Right. And they make a judgment based on one share or one particular meeting in which, it, you know, maybe one of these, you know, I know it's almost sacrilegious to say, but there are meetings that are more troubled than other meetings. And so they make a decision based on, you know, a judgment for a moment in time. And I, I would go on the record as saying, yes, you can stop drinking without AA or rehab, but I don't think you can stay stopped without being willing to do some kind of work. And this is a principle that I don't think anybody can get around. If you were willing to drink every day like I was, you know, I was willing to go to any lengths to make sure that I was in a place that I could consume alcohol, you know, to the point where I would not pay my rent 
to make sure that I could, you know, buy drinks. Of course, yeah. Um, then you have to give as much effort to the process of sobriety and the process of recovery, however you want to do it. It doesn't really matter to me specifically. There are people that I understand AA is not convenient or it doesn't work, you know, for their particular lifestyle, but there are so many options out there. You cannot uh, say, you know what, I this is the simple act of me not drinking. That just isn't yeah. statistically probable. Well, two parts of that that I find that's interesting on that statement, uh, Christina, is one 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 side of it is I think that people misunderstand 12-step programs. Like for me, when I'm explaining a 12-step program to somebody, I'm I'm I I look at it like Bluetooth. Mm. The 12 steps is a spiritual technology. Yes. Who uses it, the community that uses it, how they interpret it, how they apply it, that's on that community. Right. But the technology itself, like I don't get in my car and, you know, if I want to talk to you, Christina, I call you, I'm not, you know, over analyzing the Bluetooth that feeds it into my car speaker, right? Like I'm not so, yeah. going so in the hole, but people do this, right? Like only super tech nerds are going to get, but even super tech nerds just use the Bluetooth, right? right. So it's the, they're, they're, they're so caught up in personality that they can't get to the real miracle and they can't use the spiritual technology. The other thing that I think that's interesting about 12 steps is that, and why we're seeing people stay sober for a year or two in a clubhouse and other things, other non 12 step. And I would say non, th there's no necessarily program there. Yes. thing you have to do. It's just community, right? Look, there's, we know, you and I know that there's an energetic field that's put out through community and right. the community itself can keep you sober for a period of time. I've seen this over and over again. It's a consciousness. You know, I believe that recovery is a consciousness and you can catch that consciousness by being around other people that have that consciousness, right? But the problem is, is that at some point community will wear off if that's your only tool. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I think it's fair to say at this point, I I know a lot of people who have hidden out in meetings, you know, who have gone and stayed physically sober for years because they have a habit now. All of their friends are sober. This is part of the ticket to belong to the group is being sober, but they miss the miracle. You know, they miss that ability and those same people, not in every case, because there are people that can just not drink. They um, there are I mean, they're usually not people who show up in AA. You know, <laughs> Usually you've yeah. got something to go with that, but um, they miss the actual transformation and eventually get drunk. You have to Ooh. do the work that I, I stand by. Yeah, because, and you know, and this is one of the things why people go to coaches and therapists and all and, and search out different things, because the reality is, is that you can hide out in a 12 step program unless you have a 12 step program. You know, I was involved in a 12 step program men's group. Mm -hmm. And if somebody was in there two to three times that came two to three times, or they were there a month and they weren't really participating or hiding out we would go up to that person and we would ask what's going on. And we would tell them, look, like this is a place that you don't hide out in. Right. Like, we don't have people that hide out here. Like, but here's a bunch of meetings that you can go hide out in. Yes. We would prefer that you, we would prefer that you do the work with us. Right. right. And tap into this. So you're not wasting your time. And I do believe that, look, 
that community gives a little, it really taps you into the consciousness and it can keep you staying sober from day to day, especially in the beginning. I find it wears off. I do like I could, you know, I could go to a 12 step meeting if I'm not doing the work and I could feel good and I could feel that I'm going to get to the next meeting. But really, do we really want to be that place in our recovery? We Mm -hmm. don't, right? We want to, we want to be recovered. You do. You really do. You want to do, you want to not have these desires. You know, it's big difference between white knuckling and saying, okay, this is the gateway. And so I have to do this behavior. That's very painful. And uh, I always encourage people, whether I work with them or they're working with another coach, it's okay. However you want to do it. But if you don't show up every day, you know, writing the check, just like a gym, you can write a check to a gym and define yourself as an athletic person because you have this membership or you have to go every day. And, and if you really want to be in shape, you have to do it every day. You know what? We're going to dive into a couple of really key points. So hold tight after this quick break, Christina and I are going to talk about Uh, If you're one of these people that are thinking about white knuckling it, doing it without everything, our suggestions to you. So hold tight. We're going to get to that right after this quick message. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis Build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get-to-know-you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about Recovery Breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Okay, Christina, as promised, we're back from the little break here. Let's dive into this. What would be your advice to somebody who's saying, you know what? I just want to try to do things totally on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to AA. I'm not going to go to rehab. I'm not going to go to any of these things. What would be your advice to them? That they're making it incredibly hard for themselves. If they do not connect and they, you know, do not become part of the herd. They do not get themselves in the middle of it. They have, they are risking being picked off and returning to that miserable life of alcohol addiction. I agree. I agree. You know what? I think one of the things too that 12 step programs and rehabs do is you have to be in a state of willingness. Yes. And you have to be in a state of surrender, which we've talked about and acceptance. And you have to sustain that state long enough to be able to start doing the work to get the miracle. Right. Right. And when you bail, when you make that thing, it's just like, I'm just going to do it on my own. When you bail, what happens is, is that you give up that willingness, right? Mm -hmm. Like subconsciously, 
you're saying, I'm not willing, I'm going to do it my way, right? I'm not open. I'm not Mm -hmm. open for any suggestions. I'm not open for it. And look, I am the first to say as much as a fanboy as I am to AA, there are things that I really dislike about 12-step programs. There are. I mean, and like we mentioned one of them, that it's way too easy for people to hide out there. Right. Right. But each has their own path. That's the other thing, too. Like um, I have stayed sober with 12 step programs. I've stayed sober without 12 step programs. The difference, though, has been, though, that the times that I was not actively involved in a 12 step program, I was still plugged into the spiritual principles, working it and had connections. Right. Like so that is part of 12 step. Right. Like a group of people, a group of people. And I would say, look, if you haven't found your group of people, just keep searching because that's one good thing about 12 step is that there is a ton of people out there. There really, yes, there really are. And, you know, perhaps look at the rigidity in the thinking, you know, look at that. What is the fear about belonging to a group? What is the fear about, you know, stepping uh, and opening up to somebody? And it's, uh, you know, it's something that is lying to you. You know, not everybody is a social butterfly. Not everybody is going to need the same, uh, same process or to be as connected as the next person. But there is a, there's a sneaky little lie in there that this is wrong and I'm not going to do it. And everybody else, all the millions of people who've participated in it um, are faking it. Uh, There's, there's, there's something to be said about just examining that thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, one of the things is that accountability, this is what we talk about a lot. And that's a lot of the type of coaching that you and I do, especially in breakthrough is that making people accountable for what they say that they're going to do or reminding them of the commitment, not making them, but reminding them of the commitment that they've made. One of the things about 12 steps is it adds a, a, a consistency. And one of the things that I see a lot of the times is that guys will come into 12 step groups they won't go to other guys' groups because they don't want to be accountable. Right. Because it's easier to blend in in bigger co-ed meetings yes. where no one's going to say, it's like, hey, you've been here for a year and haven't done uh, one, two, and three. Right. right? Uh, you aren't really, don't really have any commitments. You don't, re- you, you come in late, you leave early, right? You're not reliable. Big like, warning People signs. won't. Say it. Yeah. These are, these are huge warning signs. Like if you won't commit to yourself, at least, you know, how are you going to be able to do this long-term? And I totally believe it. The accountability is such a major factor. One of the things I'm just going to be honest, that's brilliant about groups is that, um, once you get to know people, there were times in early sobriety where I was thinking about, well, it'd be easier just to go out. Right. But I knew like, I didn't want to let people down. Right. And really, that honestly, might, it was very basic. I strongly believe in that. And, you know, there's this uh, this idea that until the person's ready to do it for themselves, they're not really doing it. And yes, I think eventually, but there is nothing wrong with having a girlfriend card. You know, we have courtroom cards where you are ordered to go to AA um, when you have, uh, you know, broken the law and have a DUI. There's nothing wrong with getting sober for somebody else in the beginning, because you and I both know that the alcoholism uh, underneath that is this real lack of self-worth. 
And there are times where I've stayed disciplined in my program because my son needed me to stay sober even more than I needed me to stay sober, you know, at that point. And there's nothing wrong with having that. And you create that where you matter to other people. Yeah. And it may be the first time in somebody's life where they really feel like they matter. And don't, yeah, well, yeah. don't shortchange yourself. Do it. Absolutely. And know? I mean, look, I think that if we're going to be honest, if you have long-term sobriety, and let's just say, you know, over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you know, um, one of the things you'll look back on your sobriety and you'll say, you know what, look, I stayed sober in spite of myself. There are times right. when being sober is difficult. Look, I always say all the time, being awake, aware, and alive is amazing, but being awake, aware, and alive can, can also be difficult all the time. It, it you know, sure that's can. what you're signing up for in recovery. You're going to be awake, aware, and alive. You can't check out. You can't just say, well, I'm just going to check out. You know what I mean? You you right. can't do that anymore. So now I say it's well worth it. Like it's so well worth it. Uh, being awake, aware, and alive is a major gift, but it is difficult. And without these tools that you're going to get with some sort of formal 12-step program, rehab, coaching, mm -hmm. something that's going to plug you into a community and plug you into a spiritual process or technology to have that awakening that you must have to stay sober long-term, I think it's going to be tough if you don't go down that path. It absolutely is. And don't put yourself through that. You are worth it. You know, when I coach people um, and I make a decision and you and I both do this, when we make a decision to invest our time, we're modeling to other people that they are worth the investment. Their happiness, yes. their joy is worth it. And it's not going to happen is. by accident. It is worth it, guys. So definitely make that investment. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Right. It doesn't mean that it's going to, uh, you know, lead you to happiness. This has been an amazing episode, Christina. Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. This episode is in the can. Any final thoughts to the Recovered Life community that's listening out there, Christina? Oh, just a big thank you. I love being part of this family and you are worth it. Thank you, guys. Everybody go out and live your best recovered life. We'll see you on the next episode. All right. Bye. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.